Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Well, there were rumors that the unity and good feelings were ending on Saturday night with the tribute that was just featured, but they're not. We have extended it at least a few days into this evening. Pleased to be joined by Zach Linfield, featured briefly in that little clip there in the intro. But Michigan guy, you're uh, what, what are you, a senior I'm there? Senior. senior, so you're, you're kind of wrapping up. You were in the sort of face of mild controversy, I guess, with this sign thing. But first of all, it's welcome. You drove here in a snowstorm and somehow got here early. We made it. We made it. I was not I anticipating. My mom would have been upset if I wasn't early. Well, I was telling you, you can come tomorrow. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want some angry text from your mom or something. So uh, she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. She's got multiple other siblings that will follow up on me if something happens. Oh, that's right. That's right. You said you're the oldest of eight. Like my, eight. my mom would love you because she's the oldest of nine, and my mother-in-law is the youngest of eight. So those big families. Yeah, good for your parents. So I want to start here, and, you know, the audience that follows me kind of knows where I stand, the sign thing. I saw the sign that night. I was there uh, for the whole thing, the ceremony of the game. I was like, oh, what a nice sign. Ben, can you throw up your little slideshow with the sign for the six people that don't know what we're talking about? So you make this sign. It says little and then crossed out and then love you, brother. Mm-hmm. Like I said, saw it that night, saw the pictures of it afterward. I'm like, oh, like, that's kind of a creative and clever. It's a nice, nice sentiment. Like, all right, that, that's very fitting for the night. And I, I find out like hours later that there was another interpretation i didn't even hear about this until after the game when i had other reasons to be upset as in the outcome so tell me what like what were you thinking making it like what were you trying to convey with that yeah so as the leader of the student section now for two years i've had the priority on that whiteboard and it's typically used to not write dirty things but things that would maybe get the opponent to laugh distract them um things that would get other students in the student section to laugh because you do a little 360 with it and show it around, but um, the inspiration from that sign came from Monday night when the tragic event happened. Because, as I mentioned to you before the podcast, multiple of my best friends from Heartland go to school in East Lansing, and the only thing I was thinking is like, I I literally love my brothers right now. Like I I'm texting and making sure they're okay. They didn't even know what was happening. I was the first person to tell them there was a shooter on campus. And they were like, no way. And they took to Twitter and then they found out naturally there was a shooter on campus. And then I guess the suspect ended up being kind of close to them. I got increasingly more worried. All I wanted to do with them was literally play video games with them that night. We were trying to play Fortnite that night. And uh, now they're all bunkered up in their houses. And I'm like, I love my brothers. Like, that, that's it. I want to see them again. And I knew they were going to be all right, but you never know who else is going to be in danger. So... Um, naturally as a leader of the student section, I, in the past likely would have written something like little brother on the board, but, um, I thought about it all week. And then Thursday more, excuse me, Friday morning before the game on Saturday, it just kind of clicked when we found out the game was for sure going to happen. And I was like, I'm going to write little, but in the middle, put love you on there. And I'm going to cross out little hoping people can see that we're putting the rivalry aside. And I don't like the little brother thing. Anyway, I stopped a bunch of chance of the little brother thing happening on Saturday night anyway, but I thought it'd be nice to say like, 
we love you guys in this moment because even if it was some other Big Ten team, we'd still write something really nice on there. But it hit that much closer to home that it was Michigan State. So I thought it was fitting to put it on there. And yeah, it upset me. Some people didn't necessarily see the good light that I was trying to shed because it wasn't a dig, as I mentioned to you. Um, or any kind of a sneak diss or anything like that. But that's where the inspiration from the sign came from. Yeah, and that's how I took it. I mean, that's why I believe you, because I, I had to hear from other people that that's apparently not what you meant. I mean, that's, I took it, I think, exactly as you intended. And I have these things where, like, there are times where, like, someone will tell a joke or there'll be some type of message or they'll make a comment, and I'll understand what they're saying. They didn't mean anything by it but I can see where other people are coming from. Like that, this wasn't even that for me in the moment. I, there was no like alarm bell of, oh, so Michigan State people are going to be pissed off with that. The most common criticism I heard from Michigan State people, whom I disagree with on this topic, as you know, was why not just say, love you, comma, brother? Like why have the little crossed out? Like my speaking for you was that it was, kind of an active conscious repudiation of that. Is that like a fair right. characterization? Yeah, yeah, because to be honest, you and I both know this, that the rivalry has been ridiculously toxic even since I've gotten into school, especially uh, yeah. even after what happened in October with the, uh, the whole tunnel incident with the football programs. But I thought it would be a perfect time to do what I wrote and write what I wrote because I want to get rid of some of that toxicity, especially now that I'm graduating, that... I feel like it could have been a moment to leave a mark on that student section because, I mean, our student section is not great. The Izone's significantly better than the Maze Rage is because of the pure number of students. But um, the tributes that we did for that night was to get rid of some of the toxicity that's in this rivalry. And I think we did a good job of that. And I think even Izzo after the game kind of mentioned, and he wasn't necessarily saying the students, um, I think he was just saying U of M in general, the community, that we did a pretty good job of portraying that we're there for him especially with what happened on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're like just holding up a nice sign, it's almost more disingenuous than what you did because it's like you're not really acknowledging the shift like in that that we understand how things are different now and like we want you to know we're here for you. It's like I, I told people the reverse was true. I thought the sign and the message behind it was much more effective, much more genuine. And, you know, honestly the better way to go. I mean, I, I just think you needed the little thing crossed off to really get that home. It was just love you, brother. It'd be a nice sign, but come on, we can't pretend like these fan bases haven't been tearing each other apart. If I would have wrote time. love you, comma, little brother, like that, that oh, fully, well, that's, yeah. I would have earned the disrespect from a ton of people because I would have been being disrespectful. I would have been yelling at you with them. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually that's, that's where you're wrong. I, the, the more controversial, the better. I have too many nice guys on this show. <laughs> I'm trying to get the craziest people I can find. So I would have been invited well, you earlier. I don't think I'm, I'm the guy for you. <laughs> well, nah, well, you're not, but you are a point of interest here uh, you know, on that topic. And I'm, you know, obviously I did some digging on you before, cause I didn't call you Saturday night, but uh, you know, I, I, respect your work and what I've seen from it. And, you know, I think you're way ahead of the game in terms of your skills broadcasting wise. And Thank we can a touch on that a little bit later, but yeah, I, I don't know, like, did you, when you're making the sign, so we've cleared up your intent going in, like, but did it occur to you that it might like backfire? Like, cause it didn't occur to me that someone might be mad. Were you thinking like, Oh, this might be a problem, but they'll probably get it. What was your thought process there? No, like I said, that Friday morning when it just kind of clicked to me, I was like, 
the moment of silence because I was the one that helped me and my executive board with the Maze Rage. They're just wonderful people, and we are all in on it. And we're gonna be um giving a donation to the Spartan Strong Fund here from the money that we fundraised on Saturday night um to give priority access to students into the lower bowl. But um no, it really it it didn't occur to me that it would have taken be taken in a negative way because I, I was just thinking like what would I have said to my best friends in that moment on Monday night? Like, what was I thinking for them? And that's literally what I was thinking. I was like, there's a rivalry game coming up Saturday. Who the hell knows if it's going to be played, especially with it happening Monday night. And I mean, seriously props to MSU for playing six days later. I I don't know if I was on that team, especially Steven Izzo. He was, I believe he said he was going to the union to pick up his girlfriend. Or something like that. Yeah, I, I know I he know. was like almost at the union. I heard. Yeah, I mean, I heard that from a friend, so I, I would say it might be right. But I heard yeah, the I same thing. Into the broadcast. Yeah, some night. he was almost there. Or something was the yeah, story. Right. Yeah, right. And I mean, six days later to play a collegiate basketball game, like, and I'm all I'm glad also they played it because I think Michigan State fans and even Michigan fans, people that were close to the area, they deserved some kind of period of time to try and take their mind off of exactly what happened. And I think, especially in that moment during the game, I wasn't thinking about the shooting. I mean, sure, probably MSU students were still thinking about it during that time. I wasn't on campus. And I mean, of course, I'm glad, but I'm also tragically hurt for the people that were on campus at the time. But um, I'm glad that maybe that game could provide an escape for people for X amount of time, two, three hours, however long it was. Yeah, the I will say as someone that was there, and I don't know if it came through on TV, I assume it did to some degree, but the atmosphere there was electric. Like really, I, I in my opinion, having been there, genuinely supportive of Michigan State prior, an electric pro Michigan as it should be. I mean, you know, appreciate the tribute. We know you're gonna cheer for Michigan. You should. Mm-hmm. I like I just mm-hmm. thought it, it was such a a great thing. Like I just I loved it. And believe me, I am not predisposed to defending Michigan. I, I, I think I am fair, biased, but fair. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me to say that, I, I think it has, you know, maybe a little more credibility than anybody from the Michigan side. I am predisposed to kind of not like you guys in the fan context, not as people, but I, I thought it was great. Like I was so impressed and I said repeatedly how much I appreciated it. And, you know, not just that night, but the whole week. And I, I think you guys have been so great. Were you a little bit surprised? Obviously, you didn't see it coming, like the backlash. And like, when did you start to to get some? Like, was your phone blowing up in the middle of the game? Or like, when did it start to hit you that like, oh, man, people are mad about this? Well, I'm so busy during the games doing the on-court hosting, like the the shootout challenge, the uh, the car race around the arena that I'm never on my phone during the game. Like, I can have it in my pocket and I can feel it buzzing. But um, <laughs> and I felt it buzzing quite a bit. And then um, the first time I pulled out my phone was right before the the dagger three-pointer, the Dickinson shot. And um, I opened it, and I'm like, wow, why are they texting me like this? And I found out that um, March Madness posted the photo that you guys pulled up of the sign. And my Maze Rage friends and the executive board in the front row were like, did you see that post? And I was like, no, I haven't, I haven't been on my phone. And then after the game, um, I'm always the last one in the arena from the students because I like to clean up a little bit and help out the ushers because it shouldn't all land on them. And um, I just sat there to try and take in like the moment of what my group and I helped put together for that night. And I started scrolling through my phone. And then I was like, oh, like some people in the comments thought that was a dig. 
And naturally for myself, I, I would consider myself a good person, but I wanted to defend myself to a certain extent to show like I'm my genuine, like I'm pure here. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or throw a dig or a diss at Michigan State because like I helped put all of it together and that might not say much. I could still dislike Michigan State. But um yeah, my intentions were genuinely pure in that moment. And then I I saw the comments back at it and like, okay, like you can't really tell with a whiteboard what someone's intentions are. So it's it's difficult, especially when I mean outside of that one board, I only wrote that one for the night. Um the rest of the season, all of them are supposed to be disses and digs. Yeah. So it, it's tough to tell, especially for that one moment. Yeah, it's. I was disappointed by the Michigan State fans that had that reaction, and I, you know, like a very I, small minority though. I was just very gonna say, small minority. I was just gonna say, like, I didn't run a scientific poll on that. Like my <laughs> my anecdotal, just eyeballing, you know, guess would be it was like ten percent didn't like it necessarily, but like they weren't mad. They were just like, oh, like should have left that off. Would have been better. Like four percent. Like we're furious, and the other was at eighty six percent. I went to state. That takes me a little longer to process. But like we're you like, oh, just this, fine. this is great. Like, <laughs> like this is great. So I, I do think it, that's worth pointing out. But it does, you know, only take a few, unfortunately, to really like poison the well. One of the interesting debates right now, and I, I, I think it can be perceived as trivial in the face of what happened. Like there's, there's much bigger things, and we understand that. But with that, granted, as a self evident fact. There is a lot of discussion about the state of the rivalry now. Everybody agreed it was horrible like a week ago, you know, a little over mm. a week ago. Oh, That's yeah. like the, no debate there. I didn't hear anyone make the counter argument. It's been a theme on this show with Michigan people we've had on. Like, where where do you stand on where it is right now? It's obviously not fully healed because people are sending you mean messages and people are, from Michigan are sending me mean messages for having had you on. And like, we're, you know, we're playing this. <laughs> so we know we're not kumbaya. I view it as better a little bit. Like, 20%, whatever it is. Where do you stand on that? Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, the rivalry, especially after the incident in October, was just so toxic. It's so toxic. And you've got your friendships. Like, uh, for example, uh, my friend Brian Bush, who's the broadcaster for the team, uh, basketball team, he mentioned on the radio show on Monday, like, you go to a Tigers game, you'll sit next to an MSU fan you don't even know. You're just wearing the Tigers hat right next to each other. Um, so I think, like, there's still room for people to work with. However, I think Saturday night was the best positive step the rivalry could have taken, but you also have to take that with a grain of salt because of what happened last Monday. So like from a rivalry perspective, that was an absolute step in the right direction. And then, you know, come October again, when the two football teams play, you never know exactly how um, the fan bases are going to respond. But I think for now, like that was, the best possible thing that could happen from a rivalry standpoint only on Saturday night. Yeah, my perspective is the University of Michigan as an institution and its fan base, if you're looking at them as two collectives into one, they could have done somewhere between 25 to 35% of what they've done, not just that night, but the whole week and the whole response. And mm -hmm. I think they would have satisfied the, you know, humanitarian, you know, need or the requisite response if you're a good person. So I have strongly, as I said, defended them against any, especially the stuff about, oh, it's disingenuous. Like we got to drop a little bit of the cynicism, like please, everybody, like on both sides, I think it's crazy. I think, you know, the fact that you guys had the vigil that you did and not just that you did it, but you see how well attended it was. You see Michigan fans <laughs> with their Michigan hats on crying in the pictures, 
some of this stuff can be in other situations performative. So I, I'm the ultimate cynic, but there was nothing about what Michigan has done at any point that to me felt performative or virtue signaling to use that overused term. I mean, I, I think you guys really felt it by proxy. That was my interpretation. Is that kind of your takeaway? Yeah. I, back to kind of what I said earlier about Monday was like my best friends are, are right there. All we wanted to do was play video games on Monday night. I got back from lifting. I texted him. I was like, we're on tonight, right? And uh, then I saw it on Twitter five minutes later. I sent another text. I was like, like you guys okay? And they responded with like, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, but I, I'm ridiculously proud of how the University of Michigan responded to the situation. Now, the situation itself, it's just, it's not fair because Michigan State had to deal with that. The families of the three folks that were lost, they have to deal with it. I went to high school with one of the kids that's in critical condition right now. Um, I wasn't friends with him or anything, but I've heard his name and I know we walked the same halls. So at the moment, it really, really hit me was I organized for when Michigan State took the floor for the first time that we were going to give them a standing ovation. And that's when like tears came to my eyes when they took the floor for the first time. And it's actually in that uh, the Big Ten, um, what do you call it? The short series they did. That that was just a beautiful eight minute video, and I'm standing there and like I'm just shaking my head like, wow, like, I can't believe that the Spartans just took the floor to play this game six days after what just happened. So, from Michigan standpoint, I'm extremely proud of how they handled it. Everything was genuine from us. The vigil on Wednesday night, the preparation that went into the student section and the fan experience portion of that for that 40 minute silly basketball game after what happened, and then. Uh, Saturday night in general was, I, I think, just beautiful from the rivalry perspective. And I mean, this is certainly anecdotal, but from my experience there, I got a very nice welcome from the, you know, I don't know if you'd call him an usher, like at the door, but the person at the door, like that's scanning the tickets mm -hmm. was very warm. And I've been to Chrysler like 50 times. They've never been rude, but it was a very warm welcome. A couple of Michigan mm -hmm. fans on the concourse said like, hey, go green, like good luck, which has never happened ever. Right? <laughs> right. So it's right. I, I have a heart and I didn't have In one. the multiverse. It just wouldn't happen. Uh, it was there were two. Two of them said go green. I was just like, what? Like in completely separate moments and completely separate. Well, areas. That's the funny thing, too, is when I put out on Twitter, like what would some of you guys recommend for us to do on Saturday night? I got probably 200 to 250 direct messages saying like, here's what you guys should do. You should do an orange out, a green out, do some kind of a white out. Um, when MSU starters are introduced, we always do go blue back and forth. They were like, do go green, go white back and forth. So like, it was just, it, it was odd. It was a really weird night, but I think after the fact, it ended up just being like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened. But 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 that's why I get defensive of you guys and me of all people. I mean, look look around you. I mean, me, <laughs> I'd be like me being the number one defender. But and, and I don't think anyone, you know, not like pulling rank as someone that went to the game. But it did color my perspective, and I, I I think I would have had the exact same takeaway if I were watching on TV. But I did have a little bit more, and I think the state fan. I, two of my friends went there. My aunt was at the game. They're all state people. They all said the same thing I did. It's like oh, they were so nice to them too. I like, I just think it's kind of like, I feel like you guys did everything you could and above and beyond, like I said, you know, two to two and a half times what you even really needed to do to kind of do the right thing, quote unquote. And it was just a bummer to see that minority kind of slap at you. But with the state of the rivalry, I mean, my takeaway is 
we'll see about big picture. I do think it's a lot better. And the, the phrase, you know, as cliched as it is, turn the temperature down. It's not turn it down to zero. It's just, can we get it down a couple of degrees? And I think it has been turned down a couple of degrees. And I've tried to be really introspective and reflective about, you know, how I approach things. And, you know, I certainly like have regrets and like for like, in your case, the biggest thing I had other than just like, why are you having the, the sign guy on? Cause he was making fun of us, which you weren't was like that, you know, wasn't he the guy that was railing against us with the tunnel thing? And I said, I honestly, I didn't see like what you said, you know, I looked it up and like, you're, you know, which I, I'm not, this is not like a gotcha thing. Like I've deleted bad tweets too. I don't, I, cause basically I'm just saying that cause I don't know what you said, mm -hmm. but there was a consensus, like he wanted everyone thrown in jail or something. I, like my opinion is I have contributed negatively to the rivalry in some fashion. And I, this is not a pledge to not poke fun at Michigan. Cause that's, I just, I don't have it in me. I, I'm not going to lie to my audience, <laughs> but I am going to try to be at least 10, 15% nicer. Like, do you have that like kind of moment now where like, oh, I mean, again, I don't know what you said in October. Like, oh, I should have said that, or I, I want to tone down a little bit. Like, what's sort of your takeaway reflecting looking back now? Yeah, the thing in October, um, a lot of people just, they don't know backgrounds of people, I think. Um, the, I'm a manager for the Michigan football team. Well, previous now, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be graduated here in the spring. But um, I, I went down to the tunnel immediately after what had happened. Um, and I, I got down to the field because I, I called the game uh, for student radio and I, I go to the benches and I try to help clean up, do whatever after I, uh, I wrap up the post game. And um, one of my best friends as a manager, he comes up to me, he's like, did you, did you see what happened? And I was like, no, I, my phone's been in my pocket, but it's, it's been buzzing. Your phone's always in your pocket during these crazy <laughs> <laughs> controversies. I like to live in the moment. Yeah. Um, not me. I, not, <laughs> if it's in the news, I know within five seconds, my wife will attest to that. It's just uh, like that, but sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's a good wife then. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She's the best. But, um, and then I, I walk up the tunnel and I'm, I'm talking to the other managers that were up there, um, in the tunnel in the locker room at this point, because there was only a couple of guys, um, my buddy Drew was one of the guys that was in the tunnel. He was the guy yelling when um the um crump hit the player with the helmet, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um and I got kind of told like who all they saw was there, and then that video came out, and naturally me doing my criminal investigative studies that I have no no reason to be partaking in. Um <laughs> I saw all the names and all the people that I was like, oh, he was involved. He was involved. And now that I look back on it, like I deleted the, the tweet about three days later when we got to practice because um, a Michigan State fan threatened me with a lawyer. And I was like, this is not a road we should be going down because he then hit up one of my friends that uh, I was working with at the time. He's like, I'm going to sue you because this kid that you're working with who he didn't pay me so he couldn't have sued him. But um, again, a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's like, I'm going to sue you because this kid put out false information on one of my athletes is what he said. So he must have had some kind of NIL company going on with one of the athletes that I had mentioned and um, deleted the tweet. I apologize for it later, deleted that tweet because I just wanted to put it behind us because I, like I said, I was a manager with the team. Last thing I wanted was to somehow put my job pretty much just a student intern um, in jeopardy because I love every part of it. I don't want to not call games and be somehow part of something that would not allow me to call games. So I look back on it and like that, that's probably the worst thing I've ever done in the rivalry, because like I said, my, my best friends go to school there. So how bad could I really get? Um, especially with the image I'm trying to have for myself online 
And I think that was the only thing I've ever done that could have put a stain on it. So I look back on it. I was like, that was childish. Shouldn't have done it. I was heated in the moment because I'm friends with those guys, the football players, just like your buddies with some of the the state players now. Um, I, I went to practice a couple of days later and I saw the guys. I was like, that's really what happened. And then, you know, naturally I was upset, but then deleted all the tweets, looked back on it, got kind of a fresh start with it, called the game the next week, perfectly fine and moved on. So, yeah. yeah. I did, and you are far from alone in that. I mean, I, I've, it's been like an ongoing controversy with, you know, Chris Ballas, and he's, he's like furious with me, but like he, he was on a list with uh, a few others. And honestly, I never saw your stuff. So I don't know if you were like part of the one, I don't know if you did falsely name someone or not, but there were um, a group of, of reporters, you know, some of whom I won't name up uh, here. We can talk after that were posting screenshots or grainy videos of, you know, the incident and some weren't even the incidents, like stuff on the field. And, they did like objectively name the wrong guy. Like we're like, they got the number wrong. In one case, there was a, a reporter that named a player. One of these guys named a player as one of the guys in the tunnel incident. And it turned out the player was still on the field. I mean, he was like a hundred yards away from, I mean, it's a fact, like it's not disputed. We know yeah, well, the same thing happened with Jaden McBurrows and Andrew Anthony. They were like, Oh, Andrew was the one that got close. Oh, they the got helmet. him. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember so that. like people yeah. just don't always confirm like you, you know this. You and I are both in the media. And yeah. If you don't have any kind of confirmation, you just shouldn't say it. And I think that's kind of where I went wrong with the whole situation too. Is I wasn't in the tunnel, but I made sure I went through. I was like that player, that player, that player. And now that I look back on it, obviously it's childish. Oh, and but I've finished. thought back on it multiple times. You're 21. Some of the guys doing it are like they're mid 40s. Just like, and you know, so I mean, not to like defend you too much, but. Uh, yeah, I mean that to me that is a difference. Like a college kid versus a forty-six-year-old guy who's already doing this professionally, and but you know, but to me, you know, that is objectively wrong. I, I don't care what you know, rivalry or not. Like I think anyone of good faith can agree saying, "Hey, this guy committed a violent felony and he wasn't even in the room." That's probably not a good thing to do. And there mm -hmm. were lawsuit threats going around through me. I actually talked to the player in questions dad who reached out to me because i was talking about publicly like hey guys stop implicating these players and he messaged me he was like do you know this person you know this person so i mean you're talking about lawsuits there were at least two that i know of one was a michigan state staffer who was falsely named as assaulting harbaugh which is just ridiculous yeah it was the um, guy that just like got bumped into him when they were walking up the tunnel. yeah exactly. you know exactly what i'm talking <clears> about <throat> he actually just left up he's, he's like a, he's like an offensive analyst or he, something he's like, like that, 27 right? years old you know and it's you know i someone in his circle they were talking about maybe suing too and it's like you know and i frankly i don't blame him because that guy in particular was getting harassed based on that the guy didn't do anything and yeah, he's just trying to go back to work the next day yeah yeah so i i think that stuff was just unfortunate so i want to talk i mean you kind of hit on it a little bit but i want to get a little bit more on like the tribute and sort of that process because you are i, mean, I don't know what the official title is like Pretty much the co-president. Co-president. The, the, the official of name is the super fan. It's a little cheesy, but oh, they, yeah. they can deal with me. So, I mean, in your <laughs> capacity, you know, you said you're getting like a couple hundred DMs and stuff. Like, what did you feel any weight there? Like, uh, I have to get this right. There's going to be a ton of eyes on me. Like, was that a pressure situation for you? Was it like an honor? Like, <clears> where, where did you stand? Yeah. Um, from a leadership perspective, like we, we talked about, I'm, I'm the oldest of eight. So being a role model is like everything to me. My parents, I, I believe they raised me right. And um, now it's my responsibility to be a role model for the other seven. 
But um, being in like a leadership position, it was actually a really tough week. It was really tough. And my executive board, maybe they're listening, maybe they're not, can uh, attest to it that we had a couple of, um, it's kind of a longish story, but I'll try to slim it down. Um, an advocacy group reached out to us. It's a combination of Michigan and Michigan State students, and they really wanted to do a green out. And she messaged like half of our executive board, and I wasn't attached to the email, and I'm the leader of the group, so eventually it got to me. And I was like, any email that's sent to you guys, any direct message, please forward them to either me or Gino, who is the, the other president alongside me. And um, we'll deal with it because we want one fluid, one language, so that we can all come across as the same voice rather than seven different voices because there's seven e-board members. And she ended up emailing me, this, this girl, the, the leader of this group, and she was like, we really want to do a green out. We'd be really appreciative of if the Maze Rage could back this. And um, I had already tweeted out that day. That's when I had started to get the DMs that um, were carrying out with the Maze out. I was literally shooting around at the IM. Naturally, my phone isn't on me. It yeah. Probably buzzing, though. Yeah. And um, I was like, we're carrying out with the Maze out, but we want to do everything possibly that we can to make that a special night and to show Michigan State fans, players, staffs, coaches, that we are in full support of them after what happened on Monday. Even we can't bring back lives, but the number one thing we can do is show the most support as possible. And I, I emailed this girl back and um, I was like, we're, we're still doing the maze out, but we're considering doing like, I, I was gonna pay out of pocket, like my own pocket, like 400 bucks to buy green bandanas for the students in the lower bowl to wear. And uh, like that, that's a pretty penny for a college student. So we, we ended up settling on ribbons, which significantly cheaper. But um, nonetheless, she got back to me and she was like furious. She's like, so it just sounds like the maze rage like isn't backing us. Like you, you guys aren't here in the support of what we're trying to do. So I ended up having a phone call with her that night and the executive board was like on call waiting for me to call him back. And um. We ended up coming to a compromise with the girl because I was like, we're not doing a green out. We wanted to do the maze out, but like we could probably compromise on doing a white out potentially. So we, we were going to try and do a white out. And then I'm the one that communicates with the athletic department. So I brought it to the athletic department. This was Wednesday morning, um, went to my 830, called in between there, had an exam a little bit later. And I was like, hey, like what are the odds we could do a whiteout? Gino and I have, we're the only seniors. We only have one more maze out and like this stinks because it's not the Penn State whiteout, but like the maze out for basketball, that's the big thing for us. Like I love football, but I call a game, so I'm not in the stands. So the maze out for basketball, it's always MSU and the blue out is for Ohio State. I was like, it's our last maze out. It stinks that we're giving it up because we didn't have fans in the stands our sophomore year. I was at the game my freshman year. No stands, no fans, excuse me, sophomore year. And then last year, the state game got postponed because of COVID. So the maze out didn't really work because they had to move it around. The game wasn't technically sellout. And then senior year was supposed to be the maze out. And then, of course, Monday happened. And I was like, we're going to try and do a whiteout. Is this at all feasible? And if so, what do we have to do to get it done? He was like, let, let me talk to a couple other people and I'll get back to you in a couple hours. I don't want you to wait on this. And then... Uh, he's like, it, it's sounding good. We we might do this. It got really high up in athletics. And he was like, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm really excited about this. We got shirts that match the, the warmups for the basketball team. And we're going to give them to every single student, 2,000 students. 
and I'm like off the charts at this point. Like, I am super excited because like we still get to keep the maze out, but I wanted to do something, wear something to be in support of MSU. Now the whiteout was going to be because of the Izone. We wanted to match them. And so I brought it back to the advocacy group, livid, super angry, like super angry. And so she then, she, she took it to the media and was like, I'm taking this to the media because the maze rage and the athletic department, like they don't, they don't want to support us for this cause. And I was like, that, that simply is like, that's not what we're doing. She was like, cancel the order, make the shirts white. I was like, listen, I told them like, do whatever you can to make it white. Like we want to do a whiteout at this point. We would love the maze out still, but we also have to compromise. So she didn't want compromise essentially as a story. And, um, Naturally, the next day, this is Thursday morning at this point, right when I found out what I was going to write on the board. And I got like four or five phone calls from news companies about like, like, what's the maze rage doing? Like, what have you decided? I was like, hmm, funny. I wonder how these news companies that, I mean, by chance through my connections, I pretty much happen to know because, I mean, I'm not super well known, but well known enough through the broadcasting stuff in Ann Arbor where I know quite a few people throughout the student radio station. And um, they're like, she, so what? <laughs> like, wh- why is anyone upset about this? You guys are doing all this for MSU. And um, I mean, the, the girl was, she had all the right intentions. Everything with her group had all the right intentions, but it was just kind of an odd story on how they ended up coming to be with uh, the M- Michigan basketball stands with MSU shirts in the student section as they ordered them for us. And then I found out they had already ordered them. And then I had to go back to the group to tell them, like, they got the shirts. They're express ordered. I didn't buy the shirts. So it was an odd position to play because we had to play, like, three different angles. But, I mean, it ended up all working out on Saturday. So there's the long story. But I mean, my takeaway through that story is, look how much is on a college kid. And look, I, I don't mean it in a condescending way, but I feel like that's a lot to put on you. Like you have the response. In our group. It's not just me. Well, I want to make well, sure the, the well, board knows. But the college, the groups, they're all college kids, right? Right, right. So, I mean, but you in the leadership role, but, you know, then by proxy, but you're putting this responsibility on a bunch of like early, early 20-year-olds and maybe mm-hmm. a 19 or <laughs> two yeah. mixed in. Like to me, and, and look at what, came of that you're getting calls from the media saying what are you guys doing and like you're answering to the media you're dealing with like media leaks you're dealing with people my age and quite a bit older than me saying what the hell are they doing or oh they were great i just feel like you had to be in charge of it like so i'm not saying i would have taken it from you it should have been in your hands but i kind of feel for you in that you were sort of screwed no matter what you did because some contingent was going to be mad at you and not just disagree, but mad at you. Like you did the objective wrong thing. And when I'm hearing your story, I'm just like, hey, can we cut these college kids some slack? I mean, it's like, why, why yeah. are you guys responsible for the messaging of the, this huge event and this you know, symbolic important night in the wake of this tragedy? I just felt like, you know, listening to you just now, they kind of put a lot on you guys as a collective to come up with some perfect solution for this important night. But I think you guys nailed it, but that's some people didn't see it that way. Yeah. I think the maze rage, uh, our executive board, and we don't get cut slack at all. Um, We're not necessarily made fun of. We're not necessarily disrespected, but we get a lot of comments about, even from Michigan fans about how bad the maze rage is. 
Um, I always defend us, and I say it's not really us. It's the fans across from us. The the as um, Tom Crean once put it, the uh, wine and cheese crowd um, when they come to Chrysler. But I, the student section this year, in my opinion, has been really good. You saw the game. You were at the game on they Saturday. Were, they night. were really loud. I mean, that really was, loud. That on was Saturday. that was. I was proud of our group, but um, throughout the week, everything that we did as an executive board, we were fluid. We had the same voice. We didn't get along at all times, and uh, we took a picture on the court after the game, and I just like implored him, like, take a second to look around and see like what we helped do. We didn't do it. What we helped do tonight. Um, I'm I'm proud of you guys, and I hope you guys know that. But I only have one game left as the student section leader, and Gino and I will be honored on senior night. But um, it was just an incredible night, and it's not that everything had to be perfect. It's that it had to just work, and I think everything ended up working. Like the uh, the Spartan Strong banners that we held up, that was a Maze Ridge executive board. The ribbons that we had, executive board. The T-shirts, I will take half credit um, with that and our incredible fan experience team. Um, we'll take like 50-50 on the T-shirts because we pushed for something. Um, the band playing Shadows was, I think, in- incredible. And then fan experience also did the LED lights, them being green. So I think everything worked on Saturday night, and it did help provide an escape for about 40 minutes of game time, two hours of real time. I'm told, not being a musician, but love music, not a musician. I'm told that the band learning Shadows in a few days and performing it that well is pretty impressive. I mean, I'm a layman with stuff, but I'm told that was actually – not just a solid symbolic gesture, but they actually had to spend a lot of time to be able to deliver that on a quick turnaround. I don't know, you know, if you can speak to that, but I mean, it's just that I think that was yet another sign where you could have done something performative. You could have played it on a CD or something during a video tribute that anyone could do, but the band taking the hours that I'm told it takes to learn that Mm -hmm. and perform that, that's real. That's not performative because you, there was an easier way to, play the song and be nice. And, yeah. You could have gone to Apple music and press play. Yeah. And make a video and, you know, and yeah, you know, yeah, and dress right. it up a little bit, but like they actually did the work and I, I give you guys full credit. I thought you did a great job and I have no complaints. I mean, there's nothing I would change, honestly. So you said not about being perfect. There wasn't one element of that where I was like, ah, oh, I wish they did that differently. That's just me. I get people have different perspectives. The one thing I'll push back on hard is anyone saying that you guys were deliberately trying to, sabotage something or get a shot in or like you you can disagree on the best way to execute the tribute that's fine like we're all humans and adults here but at any insinuation <laughs> that there was like some nefarious i just don't buy that like I, I and i i would believe me i would love to make fun of you guys and like rip on you if you did something wrong but like this is not the time for that and you don't deserve it that's my takeaway yeah the the one dig or diss that we really took at, during the night was uh I made sure we waited until after halftime. Um, some people got upset, said, like, it's not the night for it. And I was like, the rivalry needs, like, good banter. It doesn't need the the toxicity that it's had, like I mentioned in the past. Um, <laughs> I bought the shirts of all the teams that beat MSU in football uh, on Amazon. See, I thought that was funny. I thought that, that was that's the thing. Is the it TCU like, thing. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I was <laughs> yeah. at the game at the Breslin. I love going to the Breslin for a basketball game. Uh, we never win there. But I like going to the Breslin to watch basketball. Uh, student section's incredible. It's like got that old school PA system. I like going to the Breslin. So I wanted to, I, I got to give props to MSU for something, right? Yeah. Um, uh, finally. I was, uh, I <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Um, 
But I, I went on Amazon and I bought uh, different shirts for each of the teams that beat MSU, just like those two fans wore behind Gus Johnson and uh, I think Jim Jackson is yep. on, I was on color. Yep. And um, they're sitting right behind him in the TCU shirts. And naturally, as a manager for the team, like I'm pissed. I'm like, oh, those guys. I, I immediately bookmarked it on Twitter. And I went back and I was like, <laughs> guess what? It's game week. <laughs> um, and in all fairness, I bought the shirts on Sunday. So the event didn't occur yet, but we were still like, you know what? We're still going to wear them. The rivalry needs some good, funny dissing like that and not the toxic stuff. So we, we waited until after halftime to do it. That way we were still wearing the, the shirts. I still wore mine. So I, I thought it was I thought that was funny. Like I and that's my my big thing. And I've said it on Twitter like a thousand times. I'm fine with not more than fine. I love banter. Like I love I'm the only Michigan State fan that likes Scott Bell. I'm the only one. You can't find another one. I'm the only one. And I've said it repeatedly. I've talked to Scott offline and not every Scott Bell joke lands with me. And there are times that he, he you know, is kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. But that's anybody. He's creative. That's for sure. But he has a, <laughs> he's clever. And even oh, yeah. like I don't see he's clever and unique in the sense I don't see other people like kind of hitting his notes. Like he has stuff that's unique to him. And even if you don't like it as a Michigan state fan, guess what? You're not really supposed to. The fact that you don't like it is actually sort of a vindication of him, any, you know, work he's doing, but I'm all for like kind of clever jabs like that. The thing that I just don't respect is like the, Oh, little brother. It's like, you're, it's a paint by number joke. It's and Michigan State fans do it too. I think Walmart, Wolverine, or whatever. And it's like we each have these two or three things that you can always go to and just can't read, can't write, or shardy or whatever. They, both sides have them, and I have no like patience for that. It's not because I'm offended by it, but it's, it's like bring something more to the game. You know, bring something to the table mm -hmm. here. The shirt thing I thought was hilarious. I, I thought it's like pretty. It's like yeah, I didn't like the TCU thing. If, if I had been on a board and it was a, a proposed idea. I would have voted that down, but it was like a father and a son. It wasn't like a, you know, Michigan State, like is yeah, I really thing. wondered who like the mastermind of that was. It, I, it was a the father. And, thing. It, was just, it was a father and son. Hey, do, you, I was, like, do you think the father or the, the son came up with the, someone had to come up with the probably idea. Probably the dad. I mean, the son looked, I'm, I'm so he bad was young. guessing. He was like probably 14 or something. Not like young, young, but like early high school, late middle school, maybe. But uh, I was actually in the section right next to him because I was invited by a member of the Izone for that game to attend the Izone. I was like almost 15 years too old to be there, but it was like, you know, I used to be in the Izone as a student. And so um, they offered me a free ticket to the mission game and like, Hey, it'd be, fun. Cool. it'd be fun if the old man came back. And so we had some fun with it, but that was like the section right next to us. So I saw them come right by me and I turned to the, the person next to me. I was just like, I wouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> I would not have, Cause I, I I'm old school, man. Like, when we beat Michigan in football, I think we get to run our mouths and you guys got to shut up. Conversely, when we lose in football, it's kind of our turn to shut up. Like mm -hmm. in, in the football context, now, basketball context is different. We're kind of like punching even. I think you guys will probably miss a tournament. We'll get that in a second. But like, I like the shirt thing. I'm like, we don't have to completely drop the sword. Let's just like take the poison yeah. off the tip of it. I, yeah, that's, right. That's uh, there were two different student groups uh, during the game on Saturday that tried to start the little brother chant. And I raced over yeah, to him yeah. end of the game. And I said, like, no, that would have been bad. And now, like, yeah. that's one of the things, like I mentioned earlier, like people won't see that party. Like you can see me during the game, like running back and forth to try and get the crowd on their feet because, well, we needed the energy for the team, but they won't see that. I ran over and said, like, shut up. You yeah. got there. There's no reason that you're doing that right now, especially with what happened. 
I said, not this week. I actually have a video of it. You hear me yelling in the video to get the kids to shut up. But um, yeah, like you said, like we get to run our mouths sometimes. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that a lot of Michigan fans haven't run their mouths after the game on Saturday. But um, like football wise, I walked out of uh, Spartan Stadium last year after calling the game. Um, well, in two years now, 21. And kid threw a pretzel at me. I, I love soft pretzels. <laughs> But he threw a pretzel at me. I was like, I listen, dude, I don't play. I just, I'm a student broadcaster for the team. And then uh, this past year, and I, I like to talk. I, I'm, I, I do talk a little bit, especially when we're guarding the stairs outside the Chrysler Center. Like when the Ohio State fans walked by a couple weeks ago, um, there's some married couples. Like there is a Michigan fan a woman, and there is an, an older gentleman wearing an O State top. And I was like, you really married into that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It'll juice up the students, too, and they'll start yelling at them. But like, that, that's fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with anything from that night. I thought the shirts were clever. I want to touch a little bit on the basketball thing. We're totally done with the rivalry stuff. So Michigan State is um, a little bit at the speed round, but pretty much excused from the discussion. Let's talk Michigan. I've been all over the place on your basketball coach there. I was completely neutral when they hired him because you had the Michigan state people mostly that were saying, this is a disaster. It'll never work. Mike Valeni famously was like, this is the worst hire ever. You had the Michigan fans that were saying, this is a home run. I think they were both not wrong necessarily, but you're just kind of saying stuff because who knows? He was never even second chair in that role. He might be the best coach ever, the worst coach ever, somewhere in the middle. Uh, I started to be pretty impressed by him early on. I the, the results in recruiting, which I always thought would probably be there, but they were farther along quicker than I thought they would be, being on the doorstep of Final Four. Really should have beaten UCLA. And I'm kind of now reversing back to like, maybe this guy is not so good. Like they're what, 15 and 12 now. I would argue they're probably not going to make the tournament. I know like the Nate Silver statistical stuff, they're not percentage-wise expected to. Mm -hmm. Still a chance to redeem that. But like, where are you at with this guy? Because I've been all over the place, just as a general state of Juwan Howard, more so than just this team this second. Are you shaking at all, as confident as ever? Where are you standing on him? It's a unique perspective for me because I'm full-on a football guy, yet I'm literally the leader of the student section for basketball. I love Juwan. Um, I think late game coaching this year hasn't necessarily been on point. I think there's like a statistic that Michigan is well below 500 in games decided by 10 points or less, especially against the teams that have been ranked Indiana, Virginia, Purdue. There've been multiple games that we likely should have won that would have propelled us into the tournament. We take two of the three of the games I just mentioned. We're darn near a lock to be in the tournament at this point up. The central Michigan loss is terrible. I wasn't at that game. So I'd, I'm like, eh, it's not on my conscience. I was in there. I was in Arizona. <laughs> it barely even happened. Yeah, right. Now, if that game would have happened the day after we lost to TCU in football, I think all hell would have broken loose um, as a Michigan fan. But no, I like Jawan, and I think that they still got to give him time uh, to develop the guys that he brought in because they said, like, Michigan can only win with Beeline's guys. Well, I think you also have to give Jawan the chance to fully develop his full first recruiting class because I don't know what Hunter's going to do next year. Um, like I said, I'll be gone and uh, football will be my primary focus after I graduate. But I think you still got to give them a little bit of time. I, I think the seat is warm starting next year for them. Really? That's interesting. I mean, they're, the issue with the time argument, and I'm not saying fire them now. I mean, at the end of the day, I agree with you. But the pushback on it would be, I think, that recruiting is 
going in the wrong direction. Now that might be a one year outlier. There's years where Michigan State's like way down there, and then Izzo's right back in that no, top that class. Team. Next year is crazy. Well, yeah, it's, it's the second best class in the country next year uh, by the twenty four seven composite. But you know, so I don't want to overreact. But I mean, Michigan right now is at like I think the forty second or forty fourth recruiting class, which they should always be better than that. I think no, both yeah, both absolutely. these programs should always be. I mean, at least top thirty in like your your bad year. Like, give me twenty eight. And, you know, so I'm looking at worst recruiting class in years and you're probably not going to make the tournament statistically. I mean, who knows? Anything could happen. They could win the big 10 tournament, get an auto, whatever, but that's not great. So you're, you're bad now by the Michigan standard. I think Michigan should be always thinking that we're trying to go for a final four. I think you've earned that with the last 20 years or 15 years. You're probably missing the tournament. Your worst recruiting class in years. That's not like a great, you know, because if you had one or the other, Hey, recruiting's down but we're having a great year or bad year but look at this class coming in mm. it's a little bit easier to take but i feel like you guys are kind of over two like you're losing on the court and in recruiting again that's just one year he was recruiting great before i don't know i i don't know what to think it's kind of why i'm asking you so you you still feel pretty confident that he'll do it are you worried a little bit like oh 5%? yeah i'm definitely worried and it, and it stinks because like this is the year that, I mean, it's not about me. It really isn't about me, but like, this was the year I was given my senior year of leading the student section is like one of the worst years since I've really became a really big fan. And I think that's one of the glorious parts of the game now is, you know, Jawan, he likes to go into the portal. And I mean, I think if we get Taryn Shannon Jr., the season might be completely different and who really knows. Um, But I think that's one of the good parts of the game nowadays is it's, like it fluctuates every single year. You see Michigan state, they're primarily up, but like by their standards, it, it kind of goes like this every once in a while. So I think Michigan next year, I would expect them to go back into the portal. And I also think Jalen, the is going to come back. I, I think Hunter's going to come back again. Um, and I think we'll see from there how the team works out because Kobe, I think he, he's going to come back, but he's going to be a really good pick next year in the 24 draft. Um, and then I, I think it all revolves around how they want to play the two big guys, uh, Terrace and Hunter, because Papa Conte is coming in this coming year. He's supposed to be a good recruit, but like you said, the class is down. So uh, and we'll see. It's it's kind of a bad answer, but we'll see is the best I could really give. Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean that's why I I don't blame you because where do you go with it? It's it's you know right? there were a lot of encouraging signs earlier, and that's the, and, one of the good things yeah. too. Unfortunately, Jalen Wallen went down. But yeah, one of the good things about college basketball is injury provides opportunity. It's kind of something I've always lived by. And we've seen Doug McDaniel grow exponentially throughout the year. He just scored a career high the other night against MSU with 18. Like that's big shoes to fill from a guy, not necessarily from Jalen to Doug, but like, look at the guard play Michigan's had the past decade or so. You go from Trey to Derek Walton. You could even throw Karras in the mix. Uh, You could throw X in the mix. Those are big shoes to fill. And then Jalen goes down with an injury. There's really no backup one. You have to depend on Kobe Bufkin to play 35 plus minutes. And I mean, he's also growing. So it, growing pains at its finest. Yeah, I, I think, I, do you know who Greg Waddell is? Hmm. He's uh, he pretty, he's getting bigger and bigger on Twitter. He's a Michigan bat. He's, he's one of those, he's like a Doug Karch. He, he went to Michigan State, but he's a diehard Michigan fan. He's a huge Michigan basketball fan in particular. But he was on my show a couple episodes ago and his take is completely different on hunter for one he thinks hunter's gone just based on what he's hearing and that the players may 
maybe don't like him or something. That's I'd have to go back to exactly what he said, but the chemistry is not great. But he made the point that you just touched on with Terrence Shannon. He And I can't verify this. This is like his, what he said, but he knows a lot more than I do about this stuff. He said Shannon was like coming to Michigan. That was done. Mm-hmm. And it was like a grades processing thing. And it's interesting because if that kid ends up at Michigan, what is he worth? Like five more wins? I mean, he's one of the best players in the country. I feel like, yeah. and the conversation about Juwan is completely different. That's the argument for, like, let's pump the brakes. And I mean, I, I don't think anyone thinks he should be fired now, but it's like, is the seat warm or not, you know, turned up at all? I don't know. But you, you think it's kind of warming up just a little bit? Yeah. It, like you got the three levels of like seat warmer, like it'll be at that first little level. I think next year, depending on how the rest of the season shakes out for sure with the final four games, I think if they go three and one, they win a game or two in the big 10 tournament. I think, they're for sure a bubble team, but then you just got to put it in the hands of Lenardi and see exactly if they make it or not, because who knows, they could be the Michigan team of last year that made a run to the sweet 16 that no, I didn't, I called both games. I had no clue they were going to win. I walked into Gamebridge um, for that Tennessee game and I was like, Oh, we're going to get stomped today. And then they won the game. So you never know. It's college basketball. Yeah. A lot can happen as we know. And I mean, that's, we've seen it with East Lansing, you know, a hundred times up at Michigan state. It's like this, this, 2015 team made the final four they looked like one of the worst teams in the big 10 in january it's like how did that happen it's just it's a weird sport and their kids and it's really hard to predict anything in that sport so I, I i agree i think you're nowhere near the point of making any rash judgments there my concern with him is more is he gonna do something crazy i mean he's had multiple incidents and uh to re- rehash all that but like if i were i, I joke because one of my best friends who's a michigan alum he doesn't he loves Harbaugh? Does not like Juwan Howard. He goes every every time like he's mad. I'm worried he's gonna do something. <laughs> he's, he's like got like PTSD. Like like Juwan's gonna slap somebody. And I'm like I think I don't think he's I don't think that's gonna happen again. But I do have like some apprehension for him if I'm a Michigan fan because he did have the you know Turgeon incident with Maryland. You know allegedly threatened to kill him. I don't know. That's what the allegation was. It, it's not on tape. What was on tape was the guard incident. I don't know. Like, do you have any, like, kind of closing there with basketball? Like, do you have any, like, Jawan paranoia or fear that there's going to be another incident? Or do you think that's water under the bridge and we're past that? No, I think because I, I think his job has been, quote unquote, on the line for that kind of stuff. And I think that if he does slip up like that again, not only will the national media, like, really grab him then, I think the athletic department will likely do something to, uh, I don't know, put some kind of a stop to his coaching, whether that be a long suspension, like a, a lengthy suspension. At that point, they'd probably just fire him. I don't know. That's why I'm not in the position to do stuff like that. So, I, and I'm glad I'm not and likely will not be. So he's, <laughs> I, if there's anything, I mean, not like a technical foul, but like anything with any type of physical thing, he's, he's going to be gone. I don't think people realize how close he was to being fired. And we can talk a little bit more after before you leave and how I know this. But he was very close to being fired, not just for that incident in Wisconsin, but it was more so his reaction, where I know for a fact Michigan administration was more upset about the press conference than they were the him hitting a coach. I mean, that's because they thought he did the moment. It was terrible, unacceptable, has to have some type of punishment. We all understand that. But they were more upset, and I agree, I think it's worse, that he had 15 minutes to cool off and then went in front of the media and then basically doubled down and defended the behavior and had no 
you know, contrition at all. And what I was told was there were that those next 24 hours, their discussions were basically, if you don't own up and realize like you have to have some type of come to Jesus moment here and understand why this was bad, they were going to fire him right there. I mean, they were appalled by his reaction to the incident more than the incident itself. So perilously close. And I think he did from my understanding from the same person I talked to, he really did have a genuine, like, Oh wow. Like that was bad. So I think, I don't think he faked that, but he was a little belated coming to that. So Mm -hmm. they were pretty close based on his reaction. Anything else. I think he's like physical. Sure. Yeah. One one thing I do know about Jawan just from being at the inside Michigan basketball radio show, him coming to meetings with the student section uh, leadership board, he's a good guy and he loves those players. He would do anything for those players. I mean, unfortunately as seen by the incident in Wisconsin. So to be honest, I'm interested to see what the atmosphere is going to be like on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday is our game against Wisconsin. Uh, it's spring break for us. So everything school-wise is just going to start going over my head. But um, I think the atmosphere is going to be completely, I mean, it's going to be a full 180 from what it was with Michigan state, because now like, Wisconsin's coming to our house for the first time since the incident. I know they didn't like us when we went there two weeks ago. So now they got to come to our place. So I, I'm interested to see what it's like. But like I, I said, like you're, you're already okay, though, right? Because I feel like the game, like getting Madison out of the way was the thing you had to do. Yeah, right. Like, right. what's the you guys aren't going to heckle your own coach there? I don't think no, <laughs> so. No, no but we, we have had problems with our student section in the past with the row directly behind the opposing bench and multiple times I've had to go over there and stand with those (laughs) students. And like, like I said, I talked to like, we had an incident with Rutgers last year. Um, and then, uh, I found out Micah Shrewsbury doesn't like me in particular from this game this past year, uh, this year, actually, um, I like the coach. I like that team. I like him too, but, uh, he didn't like something I had to say to him. (laughs) It was fully appropriate. Everything we say is appropriate, but, uh, that's just some student section banter. And then he had something to say to me after they scored a bucket. Then I had something to say when we scored a bucket right back. So, Oh, the coach was chirping you. Oh yeah. He, he fully turned around and said, wow. Something. Penn state coaches. I mean, I, I, that's like pretty rare. I I've heard some vile shit in the Izzo over the years. Like, you know, and I've never <laughs> seen a coach turn around. But. I made it a goal of mine. And this is going to make me sound bad as a student section leader to get some kind of an interaction with the head coach. Yeah. And this year I've been really effective. Um, Coach Mo at Jackson State, that was like one of my favorite ones. All respectful with him because um, I, I have a lot of respect for him. But Shrewsbury, uh, yeah, that was fun. We went, we got a bucket. I started yelling stuff at him. And I guess he could hear me. And the crowd was really loud that game. And then uh, he went down and scored a bucket. He turns to me and he said something. I, I can't repeat it, uh, language <laughs> barrier. But uh, then we went right back down. We scored, and he called a timeout. And everyone in the student section, of course, they have my back. They're just hounding at Shrewsbury. And then Michigan went on to win the game. So that's just a little look inside the uh, <laughs> the banter we have with some of the coaches from opposing teams. I think you should be going for reaction. As long as you stay somewhat in bounds, it sounds like he did. It's well, awesome. Holtman was funny. Yeah. Uh, really quick. Holtman was funny. We, we were kindred on that. Go ahead on Holtman. You can rip on Holtman all you want. He's an idiot. Because uh, – we know the seat is hot for Holtman. Like we knew that going into the game. And I turned around to my middle section. I'm like, Hey, the coach Holtman, he he's coming down to his last couple of games here. Michigan beats him. I think it's likely he's going to be gone after the season. And so uh, we started singing the Whopper song 
from Burger <laughs> yeah, King. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have the sign, the, that whiteboard every game. And I was, uh, I, I wrote like a Burger King application form and I signed it, Chris Holtman at the bottom <laughs> and people thought it was super funny. So it, we, we have a good time in there. We might not be the loudest student section in the world, but we have a really good time. We hate, we hate Holtman because he was so mad about the senior day thing with Cassius, like kissing kiss on the floor. Yeah. It's tradition. He was so mad about that. And he, he has since like backtracked on that, but it's funny because it's, it's like Holtman and Illinois basketball specifically unite Michigan and Michigan state fans. We hate both, especially Illinois <laughs> basketball. It's so funny. Like even uh, my buddy, Odell Bredham, who's like the most notorious Michigan state fan who just like hates Michigan with every fiber of his being. Whenever there's like a Michigan, Illinois basketball spat, he's always like jumping in on Michigan side trip in Illinois. Cause we just hate, hate Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. like, and like, feel free to make a final four. They act like they're like Duke or something, but they haven't been to a final four since Christ died. It's like unbelievable. But yeah. So we're kindred on that a little bit on football, man. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh. Are you fed up with this stuff? The contract stuff, the flirtations every year. Like where are you at on that? We all know he's a great coach. You don't have to talk. That's a given. Yeah, um, I guess I, I can talk a little more freely now that I'm not in the position that I was. But um, yeah, it, it does get old. Um, I do think a big part of him wants to go back. But just like Jawan, uh, and I'm at practice every day. I work specifically with the tight ends. I love that group. And like we, we talk about it. Like, what do you think coach is doing? Like, is he staying? Uh, we don't know. Um, it gets a little tiring, but just like Jawan, I, I know he loves those players. And I think he knows, especially now, that this group next year, this 2023 team, crazy to say 2023, um, is going to be really, really good. This group is going to be really, really good this year. Um, and I'm upset I'm not going to be here for it. But, um, yeah, it does get a little tiring, and I'm a little over it. And, I mean, I know the whole fan base is over it, but, like, you got to be selfish. That, that's just the world that we live in. So um, it's a crappy position to be selfish in. But at the end of the day, I think you still got to be selfish and hear out people because, I mean, Jesse Minter might leave for the Eagles now. And Michigan might have a vacation and uh, uh, a vacancy. I need a vacation, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) A vacancy at uh, the D.C. position. So we'll see. But I hope that kind of answers. And and we know you have a vacancy at OC that was created. I mean, with with the Weiss thing. It's it's weird because you guys have had three separate announcements saying that Harbaugh's coming back in different forms. It was like December 6th or early December. Harbaugh's like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming back. And there was like another one, like early January, I think. And there's another one late January. So we're up to three announcements that he's like doing an extension and has not signed the extension yet. So presumably at some point he's going to sign the extension and then there will be a fourth announcement. So it's like you're, you've made the same announcement four times at least. Maybe there'll be a fifth, mm-hmm. but it's just, I think you're in the unique business with him where, you kind of know going in like these NFL teams, you know, you have like Albert Breer going on. The NFL teams don't want him. It's to me, that's insane. Like the guy's won everywhere he's gone. If I were an NFL team and I'm flailing about, I would call him. And you know what? If I'm the first team that doesn't win with Jim Harbaugh, so be it. I'll take my chances. I don't get why he's not more popular in the NFL, but I just think it's the price of doing business with that guy. He's crazy. And he, he's, you know, all over the place. I think he's like, oh, an oddball. The hell of a coach. though. He guy just wins. My takeaway from talking to Michigan people who follow this stuff and know more than I do about it, I'm more in my own camp. 2023 will be magical, as you said. They're going to be, I mean, I'm sure the odds are already out there, but second, third, fourth best odds in the national title. Top five for sure. Yeah, but maybe second, third, or fourth. Presumably Georgia will be first. 
them right. and Ohio State will be two and three. It, it, but what's that? Michigan, Ohio State will definitely be two and three. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And they'll probably put Ohio State with better odds. Yeah, well, I, I, I haven't looked. I bet Ohio State probably does have better odds. I don't know. We'll see. Everyone just kind of because that was the status quo for so long. It's almost mm. tough to un, you know, undo that or unrealize that. But the again, this is what I'm hearing from Michigan fans and people I trust. They're worried about 2024. They think Harbaugh is going to stay for 2023. He will finally leave. I don't know how the NFL team has to make him an offer, but he will finally leave. And the recruiting's down, according to them. The juice is down. They kind of see it like the end of the Lloyd Carr era. One of my best friends said it's like kind of like 06, you know, where you ended up one versus two at the end of the year. Coin flip could have won the national title. I think you guys lost that game like 45-42 or something like that. He sees this upcoming year as 2006. You're great. You might win the whole thing or you'll come damn close. But he's really worried there's going to be a drop-off next year, and then there'll be, you know, 07 was not so bad. It was disappointing, but, you know, App State and stuff, but you guys made a bowl game. Then it was Rich Rod and a nightmare. Where do you stand on that? You're a Michigan guy like they are. That's the consensus in my little group. What's your takeaway? Yeah, um, 24, I think it all depends on how they recruit a quarterback. I, I think Jaden Davis is likely going to end up committing to Michigan. Uh, don't perfectly know. but um. The 24 group might be without Blake. They're going to be without Blake. They might be without uh, Donovan Edwards. You never know what the receiver room is going to look like. Colston Loveland will be in his last year, so he'll be the star of that team um, in 2024. But, I mean, you never know. I think college sports nowadays is so odd because you might get the superstar that comes back. J.J. might come back for another year just because of the NIL purposes. He's I don't know exactly the figure now. But I know he's making a lot of money. I know Blake's making a lot of money. Um, a lot of the guys on that team are racking in some dough. And you never know. I think if Harbaugh and JJ are like a tandem, like a lot of people think they are. And I mean, I've worked with the team for three years now. I don't know exactly how everything works behind closed doors. Um, what goes into the decisions with um, both NIL and declaring for the draft. But I know this past year, NIL had a big part in bringing back multiple names. Um, that goes for Michigan, and I'm sure it goes for the rest of the teams across the country as well. So I'm not necessarily worried about 24. I fully figure that it's going to be down compared to 23, but I don't know what down means. It could be losing two more games, could be losing one more game, not beating, uh, I don't know, Rutgers by 30, beating them by 15. They're so. telling me seven and five. I, I'm not saying that. I know I. that's what they're telling me <laughs> in these text messages. And they won't say it publicly, some of them, because, you know. That's I know the, a lot of people will be happy that Michigan's finally going to have a premier out-of-conference game. Yeah. Because they'll have Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. So that'll yeah. be fun. Well, I mean, it's one last thing we can make fun of you for is that the schedule. <laughs> it's, that ended up backfiring because the whole, like, just wait till they play a real team thing didn't really work out because they didn't lose any games. But ended, up, ended up being a problem for the people right. in that camp. I was so distraught with the state of my football team that I didn't make those comments because I had no, no place to talk really. But yeah, it, it is interesting to see what they do because I do think you'd have to be crazy to not at least expect them to be really good this year. But it does seem like uh, uncertainty with the coach. There's going to be a lot of departures. Recruiting's a little bit down from my understanding. It's like, I hate recruiting. It's important. I, I, I love the idea of it. I hate covering it. It's not my beat, but I am curious to see where they land. I, I'm curious since you were around the team, I wasn't even planning to talk about this, but I'm sure you were familiar with um, 
Cade McNamara's departure and some of the stuff he said. I can't remember the exact quote. It was a hard, hard paraphrase here, but something insinuating like Harbaugh didn't have his back or that it seemed kind of like cryptic. What did you make of that as someone that was around the program when he was QB1? Like, what did you make of his comments sort of out the door? Yeah, I was cool with Cade. Um, I'm friends with JJ. I was cool with Cade. Um, he throws the ball really hard, and it hurt my hands quite a few times. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really know much about the situation with Cade because I th- those just aren't the questions that I ask. Um, I, I kind of knew JJ was going to win the battle um, through offseason and then fall camp. And then that first game, it was obvious that JJ was going to win the job. And then, um, unfortunately, Cade ended up having surgery. I knew he got hurt the year prior, but then it kind of just got worse. Um, I believe it was the second game of the year against Hawaii. It got worse. And then um, he had surgery, and then we really didn't see much of him again because usually the injured guys will still come out to the practice field and, and enjoy time, be with their teammates. But I didn't really see much of Cade. Now, granted, I work with the tight ends. I wasn't with the quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, I didn't really see much of Cade, and then, that was it. You know, he was transferring. I kind of figured because he deserves a starting role somewhere. He's a good guy. He's a good quarterback and he really knows how to run an offense. So I, I think he's got a great opportunity at Iowa, but it was a little bit odd, just that whole situation, but I really don't know much about it. I was fascinated and still am by what he was talking about. Cause it's never been really expressed. I think it has to be something beyond, Oh, I didn't win the job. I mean, I'm sure that's the, crux likely it, probably yeah. there's some type of slight he saw there i mean it, it got to the point where he could have probably legitimately filed a protective order against me because i was hitting him up so many times trying to get him on the show after he left and very politely i just i sent him a thousand invitations none of them were even rejected there was just no response but i'd be fascinated to sit with him and i know like eric all came out but i mean no offense to him it's like not as intriguing as the guy who was the starting quarterback the year prior yeah. for a really good year but quarterback just carries the yeah the weight and he was he was the guy and you know he slayed the ohio state dragon and had a great year and i would be fascinated and he seems like a thoughtful like smart guy oh he's a really smart guy yeah he comes off very intelligent i i would love to sit with kate and i'm still i'm not giving up hope on that and i wish him well you know with that horrible offense that he's going to <laughs> good luck with that all right let's get to the speed round ben uh, we're keeping him a little long he's got a sleet storm to drive through so let's run that speed round all right we're gonna go quick to get you on the road msu player you most respect i think i know where you're going with this based on our conversation before the show but you know any sport what's like an msu athlete that you know ah shit i have to admit i like that guy cassius winston easy everybody likes cassius yeah especially after what happened to his brother i the respect for me for cassius just went through the roof yeah common answer i think that's what every michigan fan says when we ask him It's it's a great one great kid great player if you can reverse the outcome of one michigan game any sport any time could be before you're born i don't care what do you do you can flip the outcome they lost Turn that loss to a win. TCU. Really? Yeah, I, I would say TCU wow. or Ohio State in 16. The only reason I say TCU is because I wanted nothing more than to broadcast the final. Nothing more than to broadcast the final. That's fair. But you, I mean, my, yeah, you're coming from a different perspective, which it's your speed round. I'm, I was surprised by that, though, because even the Michigan fans I know were like, ah, fuck it, we were going to lose to Georgia anyway. So it's like, uh, yeah, but that's That's all I wanted. I wanted one more shot at those guys. Are you just too young to give a shit about, like, the Louisville final with Trey Burke? <clears throat> that's sort of a common. Well, 
<laughs> that's actually a really funny quick story is I was just talking about that with my friend because I also had the sign uh, behind the 2013 team that said the block was clean. Yeah. And I was talking about it. I was like, that's the first time I ever put my middle finger up. Like when that uh, when, when that happened, yeah. yeah, I was crying on the couch, and uh, my dad was to my fucking, left. Who are you fucking? I, I was just I, don't, I was a young kid, and I was upset, and I just like right next to my leg, I like had my middle finger up, and I was like, oh, I'm going to hell, yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, giving it to the TV. I love I love giving the middle finger to nobody in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, just the referees probably, but yeah, sorry, mom. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, my I, my thing with that game was like that wasn't like five minutes left, and it wasn't like it was the end of the game, but yeah, it was a horrible call i mean it's, it couldn't have been cleaner and it did it, it definitely changed sort of the flow i felt like in the moment going back and watching that i don't know if it means michigan definitively wins but that to me national championship is the obvious like change outcome but the, you have a unique answer though the tc mm-hmm. that's totally fair to want to call a championship game in your position all right you touched on it the maze rage versus the is you you basically kind of white flagged this early you said you think the is is the superior student section yeah i I mean, it's not purely because of um, numbers-wise, but quantitatively, the zone just outnumbers us by a lot. And we've pushed really hard to get a lot of students into the lower bowl. Hasn't happened yet, but yeah. What? Why is it like uh, we have to suck up to donors? Yeah, they or? said it's by financial decisions. Oh well, okay, so that's what that is. So we'll see how this offseason goes. But I'm we gonna, have I'm those snooty do donors too, and we still have you. So I, you know, it's like yeah. we, figure it out. Like put some more seats on the floor or something. I mean, I don't know. Every year, Michigan State adds four more courtside seats. I don't know how they do it. It's like how do you <laughs> how do you add four every year? Beyond my pay grade, which is zero. And so they figure we'll it out. I don't know. Ishby has got maybe Ishby is like shrinking everybody, and we don't realize. It. I don't know. He's doing something because every year I'm reading they're adding new courtside seats again. Where are these people sitting on the floor anyway? Uh, overrated, underrated, properly rated. I, I, not, I don't want to presume. Are you are, are you Jewish? No. Okay, you're not Jewish. So I, I couldn't tell with because um, I, I have a friend who has almost your exact same last name who is Jewish, but I'm still going to ask you it's the same question. Zingerman's Deli. This is an homage to uh, Bill Simmons, who he always asks overrated, underrated, properly rated. I think Zingerman's Deli is the best place in Michigan. I'd rather go to Zingerman's Deli than anything in East Lansing. That's the Spartan oh, guy. Really? Okay. Have you been there? What is it? Over- I've only been there twice. I would say it's properly rated because of the variety that you can choose from. Both sandwiches I've gotten have been pretty good, so I can't complain about it. But it's nothing that I would ever like. Say you got to go there if you're in. Oh man! So you see, you my know. spot is the Pretzel Bell. The Pretzel Bell what? in Ann Arbor. The Pretzel <clears throat> Bell. See, I'm a that- sucker for soft pretzels, and they specialize in like gourmet soft pretzels it's fantastic is that has it been there forever i feel like it's I've, been there for quite a while yeah i've never heard of that and i've been in like a thousand times on main street great spot the pretzel bell it's like 850 for a good sized pretzel with like the honey mustard and uh, melted cheese it's oh. fantastic wait till my friend kennedy broadwell hears about that she's like the pretzel aficionado she's and I, she probably already she might i'll have take a, you guys she, come, come in Anna, yeah you know, she, pretzel bell. knowing her she might own like a, a steak in, in the company with her affinity for pretzels <laughs> but yeah kennedy and i will go with you yeah, I, man, I'm, I'm a sucker for that, too. I, I'm behind the times. Uh, I want to touch real quick. Aiden Hutchinson. Just in general, I loved the Lions picking him. I got mm-hmm. a lot of heat for that from the Michigan State Circle. <laughs> I thought it was so obvious. I, I didn't even talk about him as an option because I thought he was going number one, and then the report comes out that they were going for Walker. I, I love Aiden Hutchinson. He was non-offensive, unlike a lot of Michigan players. He wasn't, you know, Rashawn Gary talking shit about Michigan State or Winovich. You know, we've had those guys, Devin mm-hmm. Bush. Yeah. He was pretty non-offensive. He was just a hell of a player. I love him as a player. I, I think he's going to continue to grow and be great. What do you make of him as someone that was covering the team? Yeah, um, 
Aiden's fantastic. I'm as big a Lions fan as anybody. <clears throat> but he was the first one that ever knocked the wind out of me at practice at Michigan. Holding a bag, pop, took the wind immediately out of me. So um, I kind of knew right away how good of a player he was and how good he was going to be, but I love him. I think he's a fantastic fit for Detroit. Um, the culture that they're trying to build there, I think he gels right with it with Coach Campbell. So I'm proud of him um, just from a knowing him standpoint, and I think he's a perfect fit for Detroit. I love the pick. The, the Thibodeau crowd, the guy, you know, go worry about your custom suit and your alligator bag. Anyway, last one. This is for you. The best play-by-play broadcaster right now. This is what you Dan like Miller. doing? Dan Miller? One, he's, a really? man, he's, he's my mentor, 100%. Dan Miller. He's really talented. I like Dan a lot, but like better than Al Michaels? It, it'll <laughs> always be Dan. I, actually, I have my camera roll right now. It's literally just all the Odyssey app screen recordings of him. Really? So I can go back, study, reword what he said in practice. He's one of those guys that I'm really rooting for, for the lines to be good. Just I feel like he deserves it. The guy's yeah. been doing a great job forever with a terrible product. <laughs> just, there was that, an article that came out a long time ago that said he has his call for when the Lions win the NFC Championship. It was a long time oh, ago. That's not a good thing, though. You got to be organic. Like Al Michaels, they always said, did you plan the Do You Believe in Miracles thing? He goes, no, that was an organic. Well, the Dan Dickerson thing for the Cabrera 3000th hit, that was fantastic, and he wrote that. So I, I, did I he think write that? He did. I can't knock Dickerson, man. I just tweeted today how much I love that guy. He's so good. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. But it'll always be Dan Miller for me. He's my idol. I mean, if I don't get to do Michigan football, like I'm shooting immediately for that Lions job. I hope he doesn't give it up for a long time because he deserves them to have success. But like that's dream job number two. If he for some reason ever leaves a job, uh, no dispute on that. I mean, Dan, I would put Al Michaels ahead of Dan, but Dan's awesome, and and he's one of those guys like no one, no one ever says like, oh fuck Dan Miller, that guy sucks. I feel like <laughs> he's amazing. Everybody likes Dan, and he's, he portrays the emotions of the team uh, when they're down. He, he's he's down, so I think I, I get a lot from him especially that last uh, Patricia year, he just tore into him after I was listening in the car and he just tore into him uh, after the game, like, like the lions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like they got to figure out what they're going to do with the next head coach and how the line's going to go about it. But I think like, if you're a young broadcaster, listen to Dan Miller. Perfect. And I would say the same thing for Dan Dickerson, the two Dans uh, next to each other We're in towns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, we don't realize as Tigers fans, you're too young to remember Harwell. But I mean, going from Harwell to Dickerson is crazy. I mean, you're yeah, lucky there was a to tweet have... today that said like the passing of the torch was, that was me. the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. That was my tweet. Good tweet. Good yeah. Tweet. Yeah. Great it's tweet. like me. I didn't know you were the one holding the <laughs> sign about the block being clean. We're learning all sorts of stuff about each other. Yeah. The torch tweet was my tweet. And it's like, and again, you, you can go back and listen to clips of Harwell and get an idea, but. Like you're lucky to have either of those guys in your lifetime as a baseball fan. Like having both got right back to back is those guys are awesome. So anyway, I I love the whole play by play thing because I could never do it. I'm like fascinated by people who are good at it. Like so, I'm impressed by you. And I said earlier, like the fact that you're because I, I saw some of your calls. You you have a lot of your calls like on your page and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just color I could do. Like I feel like I could do color. I would have to you know learn a little bit more about blitz packages and stuff. I could do that. Play-by-play is hard, man. I give you a lot of credit. I love it. Well, I, I might love doing it. I would. I feel like <laughs> I would suck at it. Like, you're actually good. And, and like, Dan Miller and Dan Dickerson are, like, top 15 in the country. Yeah, I would, when you have mentors and idols like Dan Miller, Dan Dickerson, uh, Brian Bush, of course, Jim Branstadter, and uh, Sean McDonough, 
like I, I feel like I've got a pretty good surrounding cast of mentors that I can learn from. So I, I've been spoiled in that in that sense for sure. Yeah, Sean McDonough had a famous call at your guys' expense, but uh, I yeah, did. Had another, I, we had another one this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love Sean McDonough too. I, I liked him before. I really like him now. All right, we'll get you out of here. Kept you way too late. I apologize. You got to hit the road. Ben, Eric, love you. Appreciate you guys. I owe these guys a Red Wings game because they turned around our video graphic last year, uh, last week, like in record time. So I'm actually in their debt. So the fact we're running along, I'm getting more and more in debt with them. But appreciate you Sorry, coming. <laughs> you, I did not uh, assault you on your way down because that was like a mini yeah, controversy. He, he's paying me to say there was no ambush. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like everyone needs to lighten up. Like I saw your tweet about everyone's like, what's that supposed to mean? It's like, calm calm down, people. Like, yeah, <laughs> so you just got to uncloud the rivalry sometimes yeah. and just see it as like people are friends. Like yes. uh, I'm wearing a Tigers hat. Go to a Tigers game. You sit next to an MSU fan. So yeah, we can go. I won't sit next to an Ohio State fan though. Oh well, that's of course. (laughs) Who would, right? I mean, yeah, and that's all fine. And we can go being miserable about the state of the Tigers franchise together. But appreciate you coming here. Go back to Ann Arbor and tell them it's fine. It's not so bad here. We can come in the chair and we can we can talk. And I I don't think I gotcha you. I think everything was pretty. Pretty kosher here. So I no, think it was good. good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Spiro Avenue Show, Justin Spiro. We'll see you next time. Thanks.